everyone, welcome to the 99th episode of ARG Presents. I'm Amigo Aaron, joined by a man much like the subject of today's show. Once he hit 16, he was vastly unpopular. I give you the Brent. I was incredibly, po- incredibly popular in high school. Vastly incredibly popular. popular. Sold very few units. So, if you joined us last week, Brent, we spun the wheel. We made the unusual deal. And I'd say, this is a system I've heard a lot about, but I have never, ever fooled with in any way. We rolled the dice and came up with the Commodore 16 computer. Yes. The Commodore 16, Brent. What's the scoop on this thing? You ever heard of this one? Uh, you know, I never... I obviously... The, the C64 was a huge part of my childhood. Uh, the C16 was not. I, that's just all there was to it. And... You know, if this was a, a cheaper, uh, sleeker model that I could have owned back in the day, uh, because I didn't own a C64, we had other computers. Right. I would have loved to have had it. Well, you know, to get just to get into the Commodore platform. The funny thing is, I I, I didn't know anything about. It. I mean, I'd heard of it. I've never seen one. Uh, so let's learn a little bit about this thing. I had to do a little research on this thing. So, uh, this the Commodore 16 uh, released in 1984. And this continued shortly thereafter in 1985. Now, I looked around to see how many of these things were actually out there. I only found one or two websites that had numbers. And the number they had for the install base for this thing was 1 million. All right, so that's unconfirmed. Man, that I, seems high. Well, for one year, I, you know, it, but I mean, it is what it is. Um, these things sold in the U.S. originally for uh, 99 bucks uh, over in the U.K. They what were, a steal. Well, it depends on your perspective. Over in the UK, they were 129 pounds. <clears throat> so, what did you get with the Commodore 16? This is an unusual machine in, in a lot of ways. It was it was sort of like uh, Commodore's attempt to fill a void in its line. So, the 16 was sort of uh, was came up with in like sometime in 1982, uh, and when uh, uh, Jack Jamel basically told uh, Bill Hurd to come up with some sort of computer that he could sell for under 50 bucks. That's what he. That's what they originally wanted. Wow. Right. And so what they came up with was a computer called the Commodore One Sixteen. Okay. It had something in it called a TED chip. Right. What TED stood for text editing device, and it had all the all the functionality of a computer on like one chip. Basically, it was wow. very impressive, and it was a it was a little bit bigger than a, a Spectrum. Right. And it had a, a same kind of rubbery, dead flesh keyboard. Sure. Right? Yeah. Because you have to go that kind of cheapy. The, and it was real, cl- it was sort of clunky. It had no, it couldn't do sprites. All right. So, uh, and it, but the case was weird looking. It was just a weird machine. And so that this thing didn't go very far. It sort of, sort of, they sort of stuck it in Europe. It did okay in like uh, uh, some of Europe, but it didn't do anything anywhere. It, it's actually super rare right now. They didn't sell very many of these things. So what what they were trying to do here was. Tremel had seen a, 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 what he perceived as an oncoming storm. And that storm were these super budgety computers. At the time, you had Mattel, you had uh, uh, Timex Sinclair, that shtick. Right. And you also had Texas Instruments. And they were putting these computers in the market for under 100 bucks, right? Uh, and by this point, the VIC-20 had aged where these computers actually were superior computers to what Commodore was offering. Right? Sure. 
And he also thought that there was going to be a ton of Japanese micros coming out that would flood the market that would be real cheap. Okay, so keep in mind, Japan, Timex, Texas Instruments, Mattel. These were his competitors. The, so in response to these machines, that's when they, stayed, they came up with this line, all right? Um, well, the funny thing is none of these things really materialized, did they? The, the uh, Mattel's uh, machine flopped, all right? You had uh, uh, Timex did nothing. Right. The TI, they left the, uh, the whole business. Yeah, they were you know? gone. And then uh, uh, Japan really never released any micros that did anything in the States or in, J in uh, the UK or Europe. They pretty much kept their stuff in Japan. So right. There wasn't a whole lot of action coming out. So this it filled a gap that sort of wasn't even there, which is funny. So <clears throat> Tremel left the company to go run Atari, okay? So it, so Conor's like, well, what do we need to do here? The Vic is still aging. The Conor 116 didn't get the job done. So they basically put out the Conor 16. Uh, the Commodore 16 is, is an interesting looking unit. I mean, actually, I think it looks sort of uh, sort of awesome, to be honest with you, uh, because it's it's basically like a Commodore 64 or, or a VIC-20, but it's black and charcoal looking. Yeah. It's a pretty cool looking machine. I always thought it was pretty uh, kind of a neater looking machine. Sure, sure. And I agree. also, now get this. I didn't know this either. Uh, this thing actually has a processor in it that's two or three times faster than the C64. Like, it's a lot faster, but they really couldn't do anything with it. It also had the potential for more colors. You know, it could, it could, uh, uh, it had a new sound chip in it. Hmm. It could do 128 colors. The problem is it was 16K. Right. And so when you went into those, when you went to that high-res computer uh, graphics mode, you ended up only having, yeah. you had 4K to work with. Yeah. You know, so it's that shtick. You know, so you ran out of the gate, uh, and you only have 12 to start out with after it loads, after all the overhead loads and stuff. On top of that, it also had a better version of BASIC on it. So in a lot of ways, it was superior to the C64, <clears throat> but, and this is a big but, they had some problems too that they introduced. For starters, they uh, they made different joystick ports. Okay, so, And why would you do that? Well, they had their reasoning. They said it was because the the, uh, the, the smaller size of the of the machine couldn't accommodate Atari joystick ports. I wonder Boy, that's that crap. And so... Eventually, people came out with converters that you could use, but at, right out of the gate, you couldn't use the same joysticks that you know the C64 or all the other Atari, you know, right. computers and whatnot. It also didn't use the same uh, cassette deck, so it was a whole different cassette deck as well. Uh, so they ended up releasing. Uh, I, I got a number on this, and again, this number you may you, this may vary. I read that they'd released a hundred around a hundred and one games for this thing. That is an odd number to me because I know for certain that Mastertronic released fifty three games just by, on its own, and Gremlin made thirty. So I, I suspect that number is incredibly low. But you know. yeah, I would think, because I think most of what Commodore was making at the time they were releasing for all four other systems. Yeah, well, the funny thing and something else about the system, it had a sister machine which I had heard of called the Commodore Plus 4, okay? The Commodore Plus 4 actually had 64K memory. And I should mention, both these machines incompatible with the C64 and the yeah. VIC, okay? Yeah, which was a so bad So you're on your own. Well, I, mean, I know they had to, I know. The Plus 4 had a different kind of wackier case. It had more memory, and it had built these built-in applications, which apparently no one liked. Okay? But the downside of it is, since it wasn't compatible with the C64, 
that meant everything got ported from the C16 to it. So yeah. So how the C16 had a processor that you really couldn't use. The the the, uh, the plus four had a processor you could use. It had a bunch of memory that no one used. So it, it didn't do that well either. <laughs> so this was like uh, uh, they were rumbling, fumbling, and stumbled over themselves. This is like when uh, stuff would get ported over, like the Amstrad from the from the Spectrum. The Amstrad had superior specs, but they never worked on the specs because they were doing lazy ports over right. it for compatibility. Right. So this was like doing that in house, basically. So <laughs> didn't go, that didn't go too good. So they released this in the states, believe it or not, the C16, and it did zero. It did nothing here. I've never seen one. Well, no. I, why would you want a lesser machine when you could get the Commodore at this? That point? was something else I should mention that. The C the C sixty four had came way down in price yeah. already. We remember when we talked about that way back. It came down in price like it was like almost in half, like in a year. It was like yeah. it was unbelievably. Uh, and that's dry. how they got their such a huge market base right. in the states. Right. So they actually tore into their own. They tore into their own <laughs> base. Now this did. This was a. This was weird. This thing did pretty good in. And uh, it did okay in Europe. And it actually did pretty good in freaking Mexico, and I was reading that in Mexico they actually put they put this thing in uh, uh, like grocery stores in this computer corner, and they had a bunch of they have games and programming stuff, and people would have clubs and stuff. So it did pretty good in Mexico, but and it did there were some places that did pretty well. Also, I believe it did pretty well in in Hungary. Is another place I read that it did pretty well, but for the most part, it was a it was a big old big big dud. Uh, they did have some good games that came out for it. Well, let me rephrase that. They did have titles you'd have heard of. Uh, uh, stuff like uh, Monty on the Run. There were a few people that actually did pretty well with this, including one of the guys that did one of our games today that actually had a good run. And there are games that went on to be popular in other systems that started on the C16. So it wasn't like it was complete wash, but it, it was uh, not so good. Not so good. Well, when you've got the C64 out there, you know, if this would have released before the C64, I think it would have been done great. Well, but <laughs> yeah, but it didn't exist. Basically. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, this uh, this was one of Commodore, another one of Commodore's idiot missteps. This is another. Yeah. I mean, there's no way to there's no way to make this one work. Uh, it it just and uh, you gotta think Commodore is in a bit of a crisis at this point with Tremel leaving right to go run Atari. Uh, they were sort of sitting there like, well, what do we do with this? We've got this, we've got that. And so they just and they put them out there. And you get what you get. So <laughs> it's an interesting sort of flawed system. But there was potential there, as we'll, as we'll discover as we move along. So from the 101 game library, and I use that in air quotes. Yeah, it was, I was definitely more. larger than that. Um, we uh, picked a couple of different games, Brent. Uh, I'm going to let you run the show to start off with. What did you have uh, that you picked up out of this library? I, I picked a game that I had never heard of and never played until I was flipping through games, and I picked Jack Attack. Yeah, I've never heard of this one either. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> Jack Attack has a little bit of an interesting history that I want to go over, uh, which is really the main reason why I picked it, but I'm glad I picked it uh, after giving it some play. This started out... Uh, it was being shopped as a VIC-20 game by its designers, Kevin Keller and John Tremor, or Treyor, Treynor something. Man, butcher <laughs> job, butcher <laughs> job. And they were going to different uh, uh, trade shows and pitching this game. 
And Commodore kind of saw it and said, you know what? We're going to fly you up to Toronto, uh, and, and let's talk about this game. And they were like, you know, awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> so they go to the meeting, and they're pitching this game as cubic critters. And Commodore's like, no, we can't do that. That's too close to Cubert, which is crap. But I guess it was different back in the day. They said that cubic critters, too close to uh, uh, Cubert in name, uh, we, we got to change the name. Yeah, because it's, it's nothing like Cubert either. Yeah. So, it, yeah. so the, the, the designers were like, we don't care what you call it. Just pick a name and slap it on there and let's, let's go. Yeah. So they started talking around the office, and they said that the little character... Uh, in the game, your main character, the little red guy, uh, reminded them of Jack Tremell. When he would get angry, he would get all red-faced. and Because he was kind of a, a round man anyway. And they said whenever he got uh, uh, real worked up about something, his face would get real red and he'd start ranting. And whenever that happened in the office, they called that a jack attack. <laughs> I've heard that. I so, heard that. So they were like, well, you know, this cat, the character kind of looks like that. Yeah, let's just call it Jack Attack, and it stuck. Uh, <laughs> I love it. And it, 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 this is this is not just a story that was made up after the fact. This has been uh, uh, talked about by several people who worked for Commodore at the time that said that Jack Attack was a real thing that they called it whenever Jack Tremell was yeah, mad. I've heard, I've heard that many times. And yeah. uh, uh, so one of, somebody asked him in an interview, they were like, "Well, did Jack ever know about this?" And it was like. Jack never said anything, you know, about Jack attacks, but that uh, he obviously knew what was going on and yeah. just just let it happen because <laughs> because Jack Tremell was, for the most part, uh, uh, very well liked uh, in Commodore from the workers in Commodore, and they said that uh, when he got irate, uh, you know, it was it wasn't something that happened a ton. So it was their way of poking fun at it, yeah. As opposed to something actually being like mean or vindictive. So that is how Jack Attack got its name. <laughs> I love it. So what is Jack Attack? Jack Attack is a static screen game that uh, you are faced with eight enemies that start at the top of the screen and fall straight down, uh, and they don't all fall at one time. Usually, you have between three and five enemies uh, in attack mode. You know, when they're at the very top of the screen, they're kind of out of play. But when they fall down, they're, they're in play. And your job is to either stomp on them, uh, squish them with bricks that you can move around the screen, or shove them with bricks, either in between two bricks to squish them, or to actually shove them out of play. Every screen, and there's 64 of them, has a different variety of block placements and platform placements. Something really unique with the platforms, and really, I think this is what makes the game. Uh, there's a timer that says, when this timer runs out, the platforms, not the blocks, but the platforms on the screen are going to go away. They're going to be out of play. Any blocks that are sitting on them or enemies or players that are sitting on them are going to fall straight down. And uh, that makes the board layout 
super uh, uh, important. You have to have your sometimes lay, uh, boards will have platforms up above you and with blocks on them. So if you don't maneuver the blocks out of the way before the platforms go away, uh, they're just going to fall and crush you. So in that regard, it's kind of puzzly. But it's uh, also platformy because jumping on the enemies or manipulating these blocks is the name of the game. You have that's the whole way of winning the game. So you've got a little guy who can push and pull blocks and jump, uh, you know, a significant height. And the enemies also all they do is jump. They jump straight up. They'll move one row to the left or right and then come down. So it's not that they're unpredictable. Now their their jump height might change, and you don't know which way they're going to go until the the peak of their jump. If they're going to go left or right, uh, so they have predictable patterns, uh, but they are still so random that it's crazy. So elements of the game: you've got platforms that are going to disappear when a timer runs out. You've got blocks that you can push and pull and manipulate to use to crush your enemies or drop on your enemies or push the, your enemies out of the screen. You've got the enemies falling from the top of the screen uh, after you kill so many or allow so much time to run out, another one will fall down from the top. So it's the you never know exactly when it's going to happen, but it's continuously happening until all eight enemies have been killed. On top of that, they added one more element to the game that's pretty incredible. And that's called a, a platform bonus. The platform bonus is if you can touch every platform before the timer runs out, you get a bonus score. And at the heart of this game, this is the, the whole game is all about high score. So you might think, well, jump on the platforms, how hard can that be? No, no, it's incredibly difficult. At some boards, you, you wonder how it's even possible at all to jump on these platforms before the timer runs out. And the timer has, uh, you know, sometimes it's the equivalent of 15 seconds. Sometimes it's the equivalent of 45 seconds, depending on how the board is laid out. Uh, so the game is really interesting on the board design and the layout. And your character jumps and kind of floats when he jumps. And it's, it's sort of low FPS uh, sort of, sorta. Yeah, it's it's low FPS and it's kind of a, a, a jakey movement, but it's also something that you have to learn the movement of it to. Because when you first play this game, it's incredibly frustrating. Did you get frustrated the first time you played it? I didn't exactly know what was. Uh, this game was real. I didn't know you could push or pull blocks, so I was just trying to jump on guys at first. Oh, at first. Oh, I I first, first. Okay, it. okay. Okay, so I, was say. I was like, I must be missing something here because this this sucks. And so I went and watched a video of someone playing. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, this is a, a real unusual game. Yeah. Uh, real strange game. Uh, uh, concepts that I don't think I've ever seen in a game before. Uh, I, I, I don't... I didn't have a lot of fun with this. And oh. I, and I, well, I'll tell you why. I think it's a this game here. If you're if it's right for a remake, because my biggest problem with this is the controlling of Jack. I'm assuming that's Jack. I mean, of course, yeah, the other things. The red guy's Jack. Jack. Uh, I the frame rate and the controlling him and the, and the movement overall is just is not good. 
It's, it's, it's not unique. <clears throat> well, unique is a way of saying it. I like to say crap. It's, no, it's, no it's, it's not. I, okay. I don't like. I don't like the way it moves. I don't like the way Jack jumps. I don't. It just. It's all very stuttery. Okay. Uh, I think there's a good game trapped in here. I think there's a uh, something that's very unique trapped in here. Uh, the uh, uh, the concepts of moving the blocks, touching the blocks, and the fact that it's really, in a lot of ways, it's a simple game that's really, really complex. I mean, and, and you really can make, you can play it your own way. Yes. You know, uh, you can also, one thing I learned a lot is you could actually, you can move blocks to the point where you smash yourself. Yes. That you, happens all the yeah. time. If, you, if there's two blocks sitting on top of each other, and you push the bottom block and follow it in, the block from above will fall and crush you. The very first level, I died millions of times. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you, it, you have a, to play this game a minimum of what fifteen minutes before you get the concept enough to do anything. Yeah. So it what the, you don't just ease into it. And really, I don't think necessarily that the game is too hard at the beginning. I just don't think there's an easy way to introduce the concepts in this game. I agree. You know, you can, I guess you could have like one or two blocks or something and use those, but I mean, it really, that you sort of have to have a bunch of blocks at the beginning so you can figure out what's going on, how yeah. it works. Well, there's a lot of complexity because when you move the blocks, other blocks will slide down and fall. And yep. you, when you push some other blocks... And they're all, it's all logical. Yeah, it all makes sense. Uh, it's its real unique. It really is. A, 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 I've never played a game like it uh, uh, before. Uh, but uh, I, I thought it was hampered by the controls. I, just, I had trouble with the controls. I didn't like, I didn't think they were very responsive. And the way my guy moved, I, it was not satisfying or responsive. And so on the basis of that, it's not one that I'll probably go back and play. Now, uh, I know this game got ported, and I know there are other versions of it. Um, They're all the exact same. And I, what I would like to see is one where you actually, it was smoothed up a little bit and uh, less uh, clunky. But, I mean, part of it, too, just to kind of smash my own argument here, is that the, the, the way it moves, it's sort of segmented, which is exactly the way the bricks move. So, in some ways, the way your guy jumps and the way the bad guys jump is actually sort of, it's segmented in a way that, that makes sense. Yes. It's just, I don't like it. Yeah. All right? So, I, I can do without that. I think it's okay. But, I mean, it, it's not what I would go back and play. I, I had trouble controlling it. It's frustrating to know what I wanted to do, but not be able to actually get the job done just on the basis of the way it controlled. Well, I, I didn't like that. I'll tell you what. Our our opinions on the game are as vastly different as back in the day when this thing was getting reviewed. Really? <clears throat> there are people that gave this uh, perfect scores. and Now, of course, some of that might have been company manipulated because this is not a perfect score game but there are people who gave this very high marks and there's people that gave this very low marks and i'm talking like 17 out of 100 low well i mean if you look at it if you just look at it it's not attractive game 83 oh i know but this is 83 i think it looks fine for 83 you're smashing happy faces with your little alien guy it, I mean, you could have had something like the faces is weird. It's all weird. It's a weird game. The implementation of the bricks could have been done. Uh, I mean, I think the the, the surrounding graphics could have been better. Uh, frankly, I, I I actually I disagree completely because technology wise, if you had something, the very back background is all black and it's always all black. Everything else changes colors uh, depending on the level. 
the blocks, except for the enemies and you. Plus there's but water. The, the blocks and the water is just a, a, a pit for all intents and purposes that the aliens can jump on that you can't because the aliens float and you don't. Yeah. Um, but the blocks change color, the platforms change colors, and they, there's a wide variety of colors for it to change uh, to depending on the level. Uh, and if you put something in the back, the very back background, you'd have to redraw it every time that you move the bricks, and I don't think that would have been oh, possible. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I would have made the enemies look different and possibly made the guy look different. I, I, you know, like I, I would rather see, instead of having just big faces, how about got little guys? That would be cooler. You can move the bricks. It looked like the guy's grabbing and moving the bricks back and forth. And having the guys come down just be like proper enemies. I think that would have went a long way. I to, I, to that, me it's too abstract. To me that that is not important. It's just like a a, a modern uh, Adventures of Lola for the uh, uh, NES, where you're just round shapes and you're moving squares. Uh, that's kind of like what this is, but nothing <laughs> like it because that's a that's a 100% puzzle game. This is a puzzle puzzle platformer that some people even call a strategy game, yeah. which uh, anytime you can get a game that has this very of an opinion, even on what type of game it is, it's something to take a look at. Yeah, now, I agree with that. And, and full disclosure, if you were only planning on playing this game for 10, 15 minutes to load it up, you're going to absolutely hate it because yeah. you are not going to understand the controls in that amount yep. of time. Well, it's not it, the controls. It's going to be the concepts of the game. You're going to, it takes longer than that to, to get to grips with the actual dragging of the blocks. Those are real. It's an unusual uh, play mechanic. It like is. I, said, I've never, I don't think I've ever quite seen it done like this. I mean, there are games where you manipulate move blocks. But You know what this kind of reminded me of? Kind of like a, it, it was kind of like a pingo. Where you, the um, but you don't shove the blocks, but it's still block manipulation. Well, I, where you're trying to squish enemies. I don't know. That's a far stretch. I mean, yeah, I guess basically, the, but it's nothing like Pingo. It's it, there's no game like it. I mean, if you're gonna play it, you might as well just go ahead and give it a shot. This it's completely, completely unique. So this uh, did have a sequel. There is a Jack Attack Two out there for uh, the PC. Not for the Commodore system, so yeah. it was released way after the fact. This was also supposed to have a VIC-20 port uh, that never materialized. It was only released for the Commodore Plus 4, the Commodore 16, and the Commodore 64. Um, and that is probably why... And it, it was released in 83, like I said before. And it was published by Commodore, and the Commodore was actually publishing their own games. Uh, so that's probably why I've never heard of this before. However... I'm super glad I played this because uh, modern games don't get this kind of uniqueness that you sit there and go, when, when you have to spend the first 15 minutes understanding the concepts and the controls and, and, and really get a feel for how it lays out, I like that in a game. I like me because, uh, tell me this, Aaron, you can, there are 64 levels. Which that, that right there, and they're, the different levels are right, way different. Yes. They really yeah. do change things up, but they don't yeah. change much, but they change a lot. It's yes. weird, isn't it? Yeah. So there's 64 levels, uh, and even in the later levels, they start having invisible platforms. Yeah, I never got anywhere near the level. Oh, no, 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 no. You can pick one through nine. It lets you, at the start screen, lets you pick one through nine. If you started... Which let, I like. Let's say you started... How far did you get to 
unselectable levels. I I got to one. I played one through nine. That okay. Was it. I, I couldn't. I was horrible. I was able to get to level twelve. Oh, okay. <clears throat> um, not from. I, I played every level one through nine. And I beat them all, and then I kept starting at nine to see how far I could get. I could get to level twelve. Uh, by the end of me being able to play, which I thought was, I felt satisfied with that. Uh, but this is a high score game through and through. If you want to, if you have highly competitive people who want a challenge for a high score game, this is it, brother. Because not only do you get extra points for clearing the stage quickly with the timer, you get the platform bonus, which is huge. It's a thousand points, which is or more, uh, which in this game is a ton of points. Uh, so that you can score points that way. Uh, there's different ways to killing the enemy, some faster, some slower. Beautiful high-score game. Did we have any user reviews for this, Aaron? They always call them user reviews. And you've got me doing it, too. They're not users. They're listeners. Users. We're, this is not Tron. They're the users <laughs> of, the, of the product. Oh, my God. The product. We do, have a, we do have a user review. This is just like edutainment. This is another Brentism. So, uh, of course, our good buddy... I wish I had a cane right now. <laughs> Graham W. Becky. Clearly, no one else thought that as of this week's episode. So, Graham writes, A Jack Attack is a time-limited puzzle platform type game, which I have played before on the C64, and I scored a 6 out of 10. Essentially, you play a small round of character who I believe is meant to be a pun on Jack Tramiel, <laughs> and the aim of the game is to kill all the enemies on the screen inside the time limit. To do this, either jump on top of them or push-pull the blocks to squish them. You can also move the blocks to help it make it easier for them to, uh, for you to jump on them. Some levels contain water, which is deadly to you, but not to the enemies. But at least the enemies can't move the blocks and mostly follow a set movement pattern. It has some decent puzzle elements, but playing it again now, it sadly doesn't hold my interest for that long. Now, so one, there you go. one correction I do want to make. The timer, running out of timer, will not kill you. No, I know you that. You just don't get bonus points. And it warns you ahead of time. It sounds, it's like, I, I, oh, the first time I heard it, I'm like, well, I guess I'm screwed. But yeah. <laughs> so, uh, out in the eBay world, if you wanted to get this for the Commodore 16, the cartridge, you are looking at about 20 bucks. Oh, okay. Is yeah. that in the box? No, no, no. That's a loose cart. Okay. Loose there cart. Yeah, there you go. So, Jack. Attack. Quite an interesting game. That's right. Not my cup of tea. I, 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 uh, for my rating on this, I would I would give this a, uh, if someone has it emulated, go out and play it. Uh, or if you can, it's a web link. It, it, playable on the web. Oh, yeah. Go click, play. All these games are pretty much you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't learn how to use a C64 emulator to play this, but it's so C16. easy. C16. Yeah, sorry. Mm. Or C64, really, because it's... All the variations of this game are the exact same. Uh, and the sound are all beeps and boops on all of them. But since you can play this with a web click, search it out, give it a try, give it a half hour. You know, if you've got a half an hour kill, see what you think about it. There you go. Fair enough. So, <clears throat> moving on. This week, the game I chose, and I will say I looked through a bunch of different games to try to figure out which one that I wanted to try. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and I played a few different ones, but there was one I, believe it or not, I had heard about a C16 game somewhere way back in the annals of time. I don't know where, I don't know where I heard them talking about it, but there was one game I remembered when I was looking over this list of games. I was like, you know, I remember hearing that this game was a pretty decent game. I would give this a shot. And that game ended up being 
Kickstart. Yes. Kickstart. Now, had you heard of this one? Oh, yes. I played this to death on the C64. Okay. Okay, great. So, good. That's good. So, uh, Kickstart, uh, this was released in 86. Uh, of course, this is for the, this is, we're looking at the exclusively the C16 version. We'll yes. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, this was a, uh, uh, this came out at uh, two pounds, straight up. Not too bad. Produced by Mr. Chip Software. These guys were located in Wales and uh, did a bunch of, they did some C16 stuff, and there's a reason behind it. And this was released by Mastertronic. This is one of the many games that they released that we talked about earlier. Now, one of the reasons I heard about this game was the guy that coded it. His name is Sean Southern. Now, if you are uh, uh, into Amiga, which you know I am, or C16, this is one of the luminaries in the field. He released a ton of C16 games, including some that are uh, amongst the most popular games on the on the platform, uh, including the one we're going to talk about here. Uh, he also released a game called Trailblazer on the C16, which is real popular. He was actually... He really liked programming on the C60. I've heard interviews with him, and he he dug it. Um, <clears throat> he also, oh, by the way, happened to release some Amiga games uh, like Lotus 2, Lotus 1, 2, and 3, I should say. He also did Supercars 1 and 2. A couple of big games on, yeah, the, on the Amiga. absolutely. <laughs> for Magnetic Fields. He also did Kid Chaos, which is one of our perennial favorite games to badmouth because of the horrible, <laughs> the horrible character on it. Now... Before we get into the game proper, let's talk about the unofficial uh, uh, reason this game was made. And I didn't know this. I want to thank uh, a couple guys in the uh, Discord who clued me in. Mr. Rock and the Pixels of Dawn. There was a show in the UK called Kickstart. Spelled correctly, I might add. Uh, and it ran uh, from August of 79 until June of 88. All right. That's tremendous for yeah. a uh, UK. They also run. had a show called Junior Kickstart, which was the younger version for younger guys. What is this game uh, show? Well, they got the best uh, like uh, dirt track riders in the UK, motorcycle riders, mm -hmm. and they would put up like obstacle courses and have these guys run through them, like a motocross. Well, it was no. This was more. Uh, I'm trying to think. What, this was very similar to the game. It was, really, it was very difficult, and the courses sort of weren't fair. There's also. There's a very famous bit on the junior version of this where this kid falls down a hillside and is is laying there. And so the medics come down to get him. Well, they fall down the hill too. And everyone in the crowd and the commentators are laughing their butts off while they, these guys try to rescue this kid. It's a real funny clip. I guess it's sort of famous. And he keeps apologizing for this for uh, these guys getting the hurt. But they were laughing so hard because it was so funny. These guys fall around their butts. So it's a very... I, I strongly urge you to watch that if you don't watch anything else. Ha <laughs> kid hurt. Yeah, if you just look up, if you look up uh, uh, Junior Kickstart, you'll, you'll find it. So, right away, you've got a top shelf programmer and you've got it based on, a, unofficially based on a wacky show. <laughs> Good enough for me. So, what is this game? Well, you drive a motorcycle, right? Or uh, the full version, the full name of this game, I should say it. Is Kickstart Off-Road Simulator? All right, I'd say that's a pretty good name. I think it's about no. You would never find these obstacles while, while Listen, going off-road. You won't find them all on the road, that's for sure. <laughs> the, the buses. <laughs> now, there's an opening theme for this game that's awesome. All right, it's it sounds good. It's a real good song, and I, I found out what it was <laughs> because get it's the exact same song as in the theme for the show. It's called Be My Boogie Woogie Baby, and the band that did it was called Mr. Walkie Talkie. 
There you go. Sure. If you're wondering what that song is at the beginning, uh, that's what it is. Now, there are several games named Kickstart uh, that are, with a, a, you know, were Kickstart. But the C16 game is like none of the other games released on any machine. It is a loans game. Like, there's no other games like right. it. Right. Okay. Um, you play Dirt Bike, and your goal is to go through 16 levels or 16 courses and try to get to the end. Okay. Sounds simple, right? This no. game, <laughs> this is a very unique game in, in, it, in the way that it works. Uh, you, you're, it's, a, it's a side view, and you ride up on your bike, and you come up on these, on these, uh, on these different obstacles. So you've got, uh, mostly what you've got is your, your ability to jump, you're jumping up elevation, you're jumping over things, and you're occasionally hitting trampolines and bouncing high into the air and trying to either avoid stuff or hit stuff. That's right. pretty much the game. Uh, the funny thing about this game is at first, when I first started this game, it was incredibly difficult because of the time limit. I was like, my God, I can't I can't beat this first level because I didn't understand how trampolines work. Right? So as you go into the game, actually the time limit doesn't mean that much. At that point, then the amount of uh, bikes you have, you know, the, your men is what makes the difference. The time, unless you're really sucking... You can build up a huge amount of time because it sort of goes over yeah, to the it, next, it, it the previous does. level. Um, the uh, uh, the early stages have you jumping uh, buses, jumping up levels, jumping little boulders, stuff like that. Trees, nothing, nothing, yeah, trees, and some of the trees are like buried in the ground, ditches, like all sorts of different. And, and it reminded me, this game is the weird love child, and really since this game came before them. Well, not really. It's the love child of Moon Patrol yes. and Trials. You know, yeah. Trials on the on the Xbox. Yeah. You ever played that? Yeah. This game goes from a game where you just it's like woohoo, I'm riding a motorbike. It goes from that to like like strategic jumping, speed adjustment based on where you have to land, strategic landing, like uh, of avoiding the, as you get further in the levels, you you'll come across these things that look like uh, throwing stars, shurikens that are flying through the air. Once you get to like the second level, there are balloons. That hover over over yeah. the area, and you could bounce up and hit these balloons for points. Yeah, <laughs> and also there are balloons that give you a time bonus. Yeah, I had to go back and look because I knew I thought I'd seen one, and I did. They do. There are some that give you a time bonus. Most of them are just for points. But while you're jumping up in here and getting these balloons, uh, you've got to avoid the shuriken, and then later on you've got to avoid effectively lightning clouds, right? Because <laughs> they shoot lightning down. And so if you get under one of these things. At any moment, this thing could go off and just nail you with lightning, and you and you and it kills you. Yeah, and the the cloud does get progressively darker right yeah. before it shoots its lightning, and it sort of flashes a little. But there's no dodging it. No, there, I mean you can kind of speed up or slow down to kind of manipulate, but the course requires you to speed up and slow down, so you can't negate what the course needs to try to avoid the lightning. Right. There's also uh, the one thing that makes this game. Uh, I, this game could have been pretty lame. I mean, in all honesty, if you just made a, a game where you about jump over buses and stuff, it could have been boring. What they did was, it's easy to go up and get balloons and stuff. The problem is you've got to figure out where you're going to land, you know. And that's and that's the key of the game is is you're actually sort of much like trials. Uh, you have to plan your jumps and even plan your approach early on because you're going to have to land at a certain spot many times. And so it, what that does is it makes the game just like Trials. You have to sort of memorize the course in a lot of yeah. ways. 
to understand That's where exactly to put that bike. You know, not necessarily my strong suit, it, memorizing the old course, but it's what it's what you got to do. Um, it's it plays fast, uh, it runs smooth, it sounds fine. I, I didn't see the, this this game. Uh, having looked at a lot of the other C sixteen games, I thought this is a, a better quality release in terms of the overall. Uh, uh, good, the bike looks good. The obstacles look like buses and trees, and the balloons look like you know. What I'm saying, it yeah, looked everything like, looked like they were supposed. It to looked be. like it was supposed to sure. look. Uh, this game again, we mentioned that this game got released on a bunch of other uh, a bunch of other systems, but it was a much different game, wasn't it, Brent? You said you played the C sixty four game. Can, can you tell us some of the differences? I haven't played it, but I've seen it. The 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 C sixty four game has much bigger everything. Right. And it has you racing against an opponent. The, the game is split. Think uh, like track and field, the first event where, you know, you've got two runners, the top of the screen and bottom of the screen, and they're they're competing. It takes on that sort of viewpoint. Uh, <clears throat> and instead of being more bunny hop over all your obstacles, it's a lot more uh, ramps for jumps, and then it has uh, things that you have to pop a wheelie to go over, or you have to be going at a certain speed. Like if you go over a brick wall, for example, you can't just go full throttle because it's trying to simulate balance on top of the brick wall. So you have to slow down uh, to be able to get past the obstacle without falling off. This is more of an arcade game. This the the C16 version <clears throat> is more of a auto scroller platform game where you can't you you you're always going for where there's no going back to try to get a better angle which you can't do in the other game either but this game is the c64 c16 version is punishing um (laughs) the c64 version it 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 definitely has better graphics not that not that not that the c16 graphics are bad yeah i agree uh they're they're fine everything looks like what it's supposed to look like uh but the c64 game has much bigger graphics it has much more variety uh and it, it it's more of a it's almost more of a strategy game or a puzzly game since each element has its own thing you have to do to get over it whereas kickstart on the c16 is more of a platformer because it is all about landing in a way to be able to make your your next jump it's funny, the ga- these two games that we looked at today have, sort of have something in common. They're and, incredibly and they, frustrating. Well, it's not just that. <laughs> it's just that they're a tw- they're both tw- sort of twitchy games that require massive amounts of strategy and predetermination as yeah. to what you're doing, which I never thought about that, dude. But, I mean, they really are. They have a lot going to get against you. Now, get this for now. I was looking at the wiki on this thing, and they mentioned a game in here. They said this game was very similar to an arcade game, okay? And the game they mentioned was uh, what was the name of that stupid game it was there was an arcade game it was bait it was a motorcycle game oh yeah it was called Superbike by century electronics now have you ever played Superbike? i'd never heard of it so i went and looked okay okay picture it's very similar to this except your bike can shoot it shoots up and down and shoots, but i mean other than that it's got a yes. it's very similar look it's have, got balloons yes. it's got the same sort of gaps it's got trees and now when you go through caves and stuff yeah uh, but uh, I would have to think that th- this game had been seen uh, going through, going uh, when they made this. I mean, there there it, there are some similarities. 
it's not 100% identical. And there's plenty. The, the difference between not shooting is a huge difference, you know. Right. <laughs> it's a big difference. But I, this, if you want to check out Superbike, again, it's by Century Electronics. Uh, it is something that bears looking at to, Although, to compare. Uh, uh, the arcade game is certainly one of those uh, get it in, get it out looking games. It, the 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 color palette that's been used is does not represent things you would find in the real world. It's, it uses a little bunch of pinks and blues. Um, yeah, I mean you can see, you can definitely see where they would match a comparison there. There's sure. Oh yes, absolutely. Now one thing I want to say about the C the C sixteen version of kickstart um it does not play fair one thing you have to give jack attack is it plays fair if you make a mistake it's because you made a mistake and died all right what do you what do you kickstart does not play fair and it will put you in situations where you are going to die yes that's true um and, and, and that's based on what's floating through the air yes yeah I now agree. the other thing is there are times when you said that you know later time doesn't become an issue. It's more your life. In the beginning, it's all about your time. Right. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Except there are times because when you die in this game, you are placed uh, where in the next obstacle you could realistically get over. Right. Now that does not always mean you can get over it. Just because it puts you there, you might still do everything right and still die. Right. And which sucks. That's another thing that this game is not fair about. But what's even worse is when it puts you in a place that it or it can't find a place to put you and it just slowly creeps the screen along. <laughs> yeah. It's like, huh, can it's he go here? No. Can he? No. And all the time, your your timer's kicking down. Yeah. And there are times, especially, I think it's on stage three, but it might be stage four, that if you wreck in a particular place that is very prone to being wrecked, you will slow scroll the screen looking for a place to respawn for your entire time limit. You'll be put on the screen with one second left to go, and then you cannot win. Yeah, the, the funny thing about this, I mean, just the first level, I'll give you an example. You've got 20 seconds to get through it. If you die once, you're done. Because the, no matter how many guys you've got left in this game, if you're out of time, get, it, it's over. Right. And so you're boned. Uh, and so on the first level, that's, I, I played the first level of this game probably 50 times. Yeah. Before I understood exactly how you're supposed to go through it. And I would always run out of time because you had five extra men. So that's a little harsh to open the game with something that, <laughs> where you can't die. You could have given you like 40 seconds, and at least you could have finished the level. Yeah, and but you, they and don't. They you, don't do actually, that. Actually, you can die in certain places depending on where you die and, and still complete the level, but you need the time that you earn from a perfect run on level one to have enough time to get through level two, three, four, you know, the buildup. Um, personally... I, I preferred the C64 version of this game. I, I, I Maybe it's because I grew up with it. I have more of a connection to it. I found this game incredibly frustrating. Uh, it did give me that sense of satisfaction of I'm getting better. And I do appreciate that in a game. I think that's one of the most important elements of a video game is to make you feel like you're getting better. Um, so I do give it props for that. But I was... This week was so frustrating. Yeah, it was. A, it was ugh, so games, frustrating to play these games. These games Both were, games were just brutal. They were tough games. They were tough games. 
Uh, yeah. I yeah, I like this game. Uh, because uh, you could sit down and play it real quick. But the, I mean, one thing about it you is can't you, know. Well, you're I mean you're not wrong <laughs> because when you die on the first level, you're sitting there until the time runs out. Then it says game over. Then you've got to start again. So there was a lot of me hitting the space bar. It's like let's go, yes. let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Which Try Jack to... Attack does the exact same yeah. thing. I will say Jack Attack also does support two people. We should have mentioned that's what. But it's not something. It's still it's, it's kind of cool. Um, <clears throat> I looked some reviews up on this bad boy. Uh, Zap 16, which apparently was a, from what I could tell, Zap 16 was sort of a uh, supplemental thing that you got with Zap 64 occasionally. It would cover some Zap 16 games or some C16 games. They gave it an 84 and mentioned that they would thoroughly recommend it. Commodore User gave it 8 out of 10. <laughs> I bet they did. Uh, TV Gamer uh, gave it 4 out of 5. So they got pretty decent, pretty decent scores. Yeah. Uh, Brandy. I would rank this as a game uh, uh, just like Jack Attack. Uh, I wouldn't go out of my way to emulate a C16 to get this thing to run, but yeah. since you can just click a link on a website and play it, go give it a play. Yeah. I mean, it's worth giving a play. Just understand you're going to be frustrated. Uh, our buddy Graham Vepke wrote in. He said, uh, Will, this isn't what I expected at all, and I scored a 7 out of 10. This is a game somewhat based on the C64 version of Kickstarter. But I feel it is a better game that is more playable with much better collision detection, which I have heard that about the C64. It, it is kind of wonky, yeah. The game still has the same goal of reaching the end of it, also, of course, on your motorbike within a time frame. And as easy as that might sound, the course design and obstacles make this a real challenge. Yeah. It is important to judge your speed so you can jump as long as you need to, but too much speed or too slow, and it's usually a life loss unless you get lucky. That's true. Overall, I enjoyed this game more than the C64 version of Kickstart, but the C64 Kickstart 2 is better again. So there you go. So, and I knew this. And this didn't get the sequel. did not come uh, to this particular uh, uh, platform. Correct. So I'm guessing you looked over a few of the C16 games. Overall thoughts as we cl put the closed door on this uh, little system? Well, like I said, if I would have owned a C16 back in the day and I had access to the games I wanted to play, yeah. uh, I'd have loved it. It's an awesome I'd have look. Loved it. As a machine to look at, the black C64 look is in, brother. Yeah. I liked it. In a modern setting, uh, even though there are some games that are unique, like Kickstart, uh, I, I'm going to go play a C64 before I play this thing. Well, you know, you could. Get, the funny thing about this is, and this is what it's sort of sad, you that you could get a cartridge expansion to make this a 64K system, but with no compatibility to anything. Right. The, yeah, what's the point? You know, unless you're going to use this as a programming tool, it's sort of a lost, a missed opportunity. Yeah. This is the, you should put that under the Commodore, that's their motto. Commodore 64, Commodore, we miss opportunities. <laughs> or blow them. Speaking of blowing things, let's hit the let's hit the music, Brent. Now, it's not wheel time. It's it, not wheel time. But I figured I just like this tune, so I thought we'd fire it up. So, Brent, tell the people what next week is. Next week is ARG's presents 100th episode. 100 episode. Now, yes. that is that is two years of ARG. That's astounding to me. Now we we've, we've been in deep thoughtful talks about this, uh, what we're going to do for this episode. And I, when I say that, I mean when Brent staggered in here like an idiot today late, we talked about it for three minutes. Three minutes. And we came to the conclusion that it's going to be an epic event like nothing you've ever seen before. Or we, a train wreck, and those we, are fun too. We just got to figure out exactly what it's going to entail. But it's going to be cool. It's, one thing's for sure, it will not be boring. 
Uh, so we hope you will join us uh, for episode 100. You think we'd make it to episode uh, 100? You know, I'm trying to boat. I think boat checked out here about episode what 16. I believe it was that. 16. And so you've been here for uh, uh, quite a few episodes now, 84 episodes yeah. give or take, plus a marathon, plus that weird Thanksgiving thing we did two years ago. So. What do, you, what do you think so far? Are you, are you going to stick around? Or? Uh, I, I, I really love ARG. Uh, it pushes me to play systems that I would never play on a, on a regular basis and allows me to share my passion uh, for retro gaming and gaming in general to uh, the masses. And hopefully, hopefully they will come and check out some of these games that we play that we recommend. Mm. I mean, we have found some incredible gems over the year, and I'm sure that's something we'll talk about next uh, next week. Uh, another thing I do want to mention, we uh, have an official sponsor for our podcast host, and that's it with Anchor. Um, they are graciously hosting all of our episodes, and will is happy to host your episodes as well. Uh, give them a sh- give them a look. Something they allow us to do is to add chapters to the uh, podcast. So if you have a podcast listener that allows chapters, you can skip straight to the second game on ARG podcast. Uh, I like that. If you, you know, it maybe the first you you listen to the intro and then the first game doesn't interest you, you can just skip straight to that second one. And if you don't have a podcast listener that allows that, go grab the Anchor app. Uh, it does allow that kind of thing. Uh, and it also allows like you can support us directly if you want. No, no need to do that, especially if you're supporting us through other ways. Uh, but it has all of our episodes listed, has pictures for all of them, uh, descriptions for all of them. It's a, it's really a nice package that we've been able to put together with one, them. One of the big boons of going to Anchor is now uh, you have the availability of all the RG podcasts uh, all the time. Yeah, what you didn't have before. Yeah, uh, you, you know, if you could go listen to them on YouTube, but they weren't ready to go on your podcatcher. Right. So this, you could go back and get every single episode all the way back to the beginning if you wanted to, uh, and grind through some of the ones that had some not so great sound. Yeah, I, it, <laughs> uh, we did our best. We you got, know, we putting these out. up on Anchor, it was very interesting mm-hmm. to go back and see how the show evolved. And uh, uh, it one thing that's great about ARG is you can skip a week and it's not going to kill you. It, we're not episodic by any means. But it's also something you can be like, you know, I saw something about the FM Towns Marty the other day. I'm going to go see what the guys have to say about it. And we give you a little bit of history on all the, everything we do, even if it's a genre game. We have game. to look it up. We don't know what we're doing. Yeah, so <laughs> it, I think that's something that's very unique with ARG is, is it has something where you can skip a few episodes, you don't feel lost, and you can still go back days, weeks, months later and listen to them and they're just as good as they were the day we put them out. Wait, listen, I don't like the I don't like the two moan horn. Boop, boop. All right. I was on Twitter last night and I, 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 uh, uh, someone retweeted a tweet where a fella said, listen, he goes, we need these, all these retro game podcasts. I swear I'm not making this up. He's like, these things are always the same. Probably these the same old games day after day. It's the same format. And I, I, I listened. I said, listen, I humbly suggest you check out my podcast and here's why. And, and, I, and as you would know, we never talk about the same thing week after week, and the games we <laughs> even cover, when we want to, <laughs> we often cover the most obscure, ludicrous things that I've never heard of coming off systems I've never heard of. Yes, the one thing about the wheel concept is uh, the wheel is uh, 
it giveth and taketh away. Yep. You know, and it's, if you look at our, like I look on YouTube to see what our numbers are, and some weeks we do real well, and some weeks not so good. The Color Wonder Swan comes to mind as a week that didn't do very well. Or like uh, 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 Turbo 16 for some reason, it didn't do, like there's, there are weird things. Some do great, some do hideous. And it's, I all have to assume it's based on the, what system we're covering that week. Yep. But the good thing about it is, for, for a listener, uh, for re-listening ability, uh, if you just don't want to hear something you've heard a million times, go listen to us review the French computer. Go yep. listen to us have a look at uh, the Thompson you know, the, MO5. That's right, you know, because the, the Dick Wizard. Yeah, they're so they're so off the wall and goofy. Yeah. That's what I like about it. Not again. I'm not saying we're the not we're great, but we do enjoy what we do. We have a good time every that's, week. That's very true. So, anyways, we're not gonna linger on here. Uh, we'd like to thank everyone who tried to show up for chat. We had a little bit of streaming issues. Thank you, West Virginia and Sun Link. You've done it again. And uh, we want to thank our good buddy, uh, the genius, the Dunk. Duncan Styles, yes, who come through every week with these great graphics. We really we're we're batting out of our league here on these graphics. I think uh, I want to thank our good our good friend Barkbit who does our closing theme, yeah, which is awesome. Appreciate I wish it. we could play it longer. Yeah, it's well. I'll get around to one of these days. I'll fix the credits where I don't have to skip <laughs> the ending of them. But uh, join us next week again. Big episode one hundred should be a lot of fun. Any parting thoughts? Uh, no. There you go. <laughs> Until next week, please attack every jack you see. And be sure to kick them, too. <laughs>